It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. We are so excited, so excited. (laughs) I had to press record as soon as possible because these guys are off the charts. They are excited to be here and excited to share what they've experienced with you. This is um, Rachel and Rob Brown. Um, Rachel Brown um, is uh, owner and manager and leader of Be Still Ministries. And we have Rob Brown, who works together with so many pastors in uh, uh, North Point Ministries Network. We're so excited to have you both on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here. We're pumped. We never get to do this together. So we're like, this is so great. (laughs) I'm scared, but it will be okay. (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I mean, last year I helped out a friend. She was hosting some widows in her house and we had a pasta evening and it's called the Never Alone um, with widows, with women who have lost their husband and they get to have retreats where they um, have relationship and just have the feeling, hey, I'm really not alone. And they liked each other so much. They said, hey, we want to do this again. And my friend offered their place so they can stay in this group and come back together. And so I heard the first time of this group. And so I started following some of those videos, which means I started following you, Rachel. Yeah. And I didn't know your story. I just thought, oh, you maybe you had a contact and you started this group. Because when I... They dig a bit deeper into your story and your past. It was like, these are like two different people. <laughs> Just following you first is like this life-giving, hopeful, free woman. Like I'm going to change and embrace the world for the better. And I'm going to call people into this world as well. And then hearing what you went through, is like, how did you get from here to here? And then you wrote of how brave of marrying her and saying you know what you brave have guy. been in the development phase for so many years of i'm i'm assuming now you didn't get married to rachel to like i'm going to develop her further but it's like even your experience of coming in so i was so excited when you said yes we're going to be on i'm so sure so many couples will be encouraged by you and through you of how you approach this marriage and we're going to dig deeper into What's your past? But before we do that, how did you both meet? Yeah. Oh, that's a fun story. Um, I was actually friends with a friend, a mutual friend of Rod's, and they met and had known each other for years. And she, you know, was putting it all together. She's like, Rachel's single. Rod loves Jesus. Rachel loves <laughs> Jesus. Rod's 45 and never been married. I should set him up. And so we ended up getting set up through that friend. But Rod was you know, as I would say, cautious Kevin, he was like, um, okay, so I don't text and I don't talk on the phone. I was like, well, that's why you're not married. (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, I was like, okay, okay, I can hang with this. And I said, I've got this story of my life. And I said, just watch this because I said, I, my life is a lot. I've been through a lot. And you may not want to call me. I, I don't know that I would call me back. And so he watched this video that my church had done on my story. And um, he was like, you know, that is a lot, but let's meet in person. Rods, of, you can you can share why. It's not just because. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a, I just, you know. I've been updated over the years, obviously, for many years. And, you know, it's easy through um, phone calls and voice, you know, and writing and whatever to become really attached without really being with a person. And so I've been down that road a couple of times. And so that was, I was really trying to protect her, you know, more than me of just like, hey, let's meet, you know, I want to meet in person, uh, but I really don't want to go through a lot of phone calls and emails and us really getting to know each other and then meet a couple months later yeah. and then realize, you know, especially with her situation, you know, having uh, lost two husbands, having two kids at home, you know, it wasn't, uh, I, I just really wanted to protect her more than anything. Cause yeah. most of the girls I, I've ever dated were local mostly. Yeah. So that's yeah. not a, like a, this rule I had all the time, but I knew that, you know, for somebody longer distance, I just, I just really wanted to protect, yeah. you know, both of us. Uh, primarily her but both of us yeah yeah and I drive a minivan and I was like please lord just don't let him take me to my car like <laughs> <laughs> I can think of nothing more unattractive than a woman driving a minivan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he was like no no I'll walk you to your car I was like oh please no don't. no you don't have to you please don't have don't. to <laughs> so we uh we met in Piedmont Park I lived at the time in Midtown Atlanta right by Piedmont Park just a beautiful place and and so we met in the park at probably like 930 in the morning. And then I think we were together until like 330 or four. And we just we just walk and then eventually we'd have coffee and then we'd walk and then we had lunch and then, you know, we'd walk some more. And yeah, just uh, yeah. Yeah, just talked a lot and all that day. And then I, you know, walked her to the beautiful minivan and thought I never want to. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. What's crazy though, is that I never dream. I'm just not a dreamer, like, you know, midnight, you know, nighttime dreams. And I dreamed about Rod that night and it was so real. It was the one thing that I missed the most about marriage. And we can get into my story, but I so missed just pillow talk and having someone know where I was like all the time. That's widows really miss that and so I dreamed about him and I dreamed I was in the crux of his arm and I woke up like in a cold sweat because I thought it was so real and I was like oh my gosh I've ruined my testimony I slept with this man my third day I met him anyway it was just so real it was hilarious and of course that didn't happen but I knew that night I knew the Lord let me dream that because that was my future and I knew I was going to marry him it would, it would have scared him to death if I'd have told wow. him but I knew that I knew that I knew I was like oh my word the Lord just let me see what was going to happen and then it was probably three months later we were in that same friend who set us up we were in her house the power went out and um, Rod said, let's just sit down before we go start knocking a bunch of stuff over. And, you know, we had gone in the house. And so we sat down and he pulled me back in the crux of his arm. I was like, this was it. This was my dream. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it was probably like January, February. And we had, you know, we knew we were in love. And I'd gone to South Africa to meet Rod. He was working in South Africa and he invited me to kind of watch him work and my mom and dad were like yes you gotta go when would you ever have the chance to watch 
um, you know, if you're going to marry this man, when would you ever have the chance to see him in that environment? Because even today, you know, you don't get to watch your husband work that often. And so it was such a neat opportunity, you know, 20 hours on a flight. And my parents were like, go leave these kids behind. I'm like, okay, if they're supportive, you know, and um, and that was really kind of a turning point for us, I would say, for our relationship. And we got engaged in April and then married in June. So it was fast. It was fast. That is so cool. awesome, Rachel. Yeah. Now, share with us a little bit of that past that maybe Rod was so scared of or not so scared of. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was widowed at 23. My first husband had an aneurysm. We were college sweethearts. He had an aneurysm in my best friend's driveway. And then I remarried two years later and Todd was, you know, the picture of health, 27 and remarried a fighter pilot in the air force. We were married for five years, had two children. And he went out on a just gorgeous April day, 14 years ago to fly with a student pilot. And, um, we actually just went and saw, um, of the fighter pilot Maverick, last side Top Gun Maverick. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was my life, like squadrons and pulling G's every day. I mean, I've just, I, it just brought, I cried like 400 times during the movie because oh. it just wow. so reminded me of that life that, that honestly died with Blair, you know, and he went out a beautiful day, had a, a training accident. They took off with a full tank of gas and the wing, um, the cable in the wing broke and he and his student pilot were killed instantly. They both ejected, but um, the ejection seat does not work below a certain threshold of height. And I was left widowed this time with a five month old and a two year old. And, you know, to say it's different with kids is like an understatement of the century. I mean, I just, I still remember looking in my rearview mirror and looking at the kids and just going, I cannot, because I knew when the chaplain called me, I knew no chaplain calls you just looking for you. And I thought, even though I'd seen him on Sunday, it was like not that unusual, but it was still like, oh no, I, I mean, we had joked, you will never die in the jet. I've already lost one husband, Blair and I, I was like, oh, I mean, you're so much more likely to die in a car accident. And that's true. I mean, that is true. But it was just, you know, lightning striking twice on steroids. But I will say I walked back to my house that day and I didn't know what God was doing. I, you know, you can't see the mess behind the tapestry. I mean, one day we're going to get to see the tapestry. But I knew that there was some kind of thread for his glory, for his for his fame, not Blair's, not my. I just knew I was like, oh, my gosh, like, Lord you want people to meet you at the time. I just thought through Blair's funeral. Like I was just like, Oh, well, you know, people are going to meet Jesus because of Blair's testimony. And, and not a week before Blair died, he had surrendered really even his career as a pilot to the Lord. Like he'd been meeting with a mentor. He met with him three times. The mentor said, I want you to read Hebrews hall of faith. If you're really serious about, you know, discipleship, he was like, you know, would you be willing to even sacrifice your job for the cause of Christ? And I remember Blair coming home and being like, I mean, would you even believe this man like suggested that? Like I'm a pilot. I mean, like you don't not pilot, you know? And so, yeah. and I said, well, boy, you really better think about that. I mean, as a stay at home mom with two babies, I was like, well, that is not going to happen. I mean, Jesus yeah. never asked me to give up my beautiful life. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, and there, and there we were a week later, 10 days before his 40th birthday, after, you know, he had just met with Hugh the week before he died and said, okay, I surrender, even if it means my career. And, and y'all don't, I mean, you can't even know the depths of that for a pilot if you aren't a pilot, because it's just, 
it's one of those things they will say, I mean, flying's in my blood. It was what I was born to do, you know, as, as if a musician would give up a guitar for the cause of Christ. It's about the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just look back and I'm like, God, the timing, because his funeral was so different. And at the time I thought it was just about the funeral. I had no idea it would be ministry and future and kids and widows. I mean, if I could have seen all that, I would have been completely overwhelmed. Um, but in my emotionally bankrupt state, what did I do two weeks after he died? I hosted a Bible study because I did not feel like I knew the 66 books of the Bible well enough to teach my children. Oh, yes, this is what religion will do to you. And that's where I was. I was just a broken down Christian earning, performing performing for God, dog and pony show. I just did not know the gospel of grace. I didn't know the Holy Spirit. And, and honestly, I, I left Columbus, not knowing any uh, Columbus, Mississippi is where we were stationed. I moved to Huntsville and met these, you know, women who were free as birds. And I'd never seen freedom. I'd literally never met anyone who was free of themselves and, and walked in, not in the fear of man. Cause I walked in the fear of man. I would have never called it that, but I was, I was afraid of people and what they thought of me, no doubt. And I saw these free people and they, you know, one of them was confessing their secrets in the middle of a Bible study. And I was like, why are you doing that? Like, I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. for you. And mm -hmm. she was just as happy. As she could be. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, first of all, I'm not doing that. Cause I had a secret. I was, you know, abused when I was 10 by a distant family member. And I'd never told anyone, buried two husbands with this secret and talk about like, you think your secrets keep you safe. That was me. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and they actually keep you stuck. And I was the stuckest Jesus-y girl you'd ever met. And, and they, you know, they also like really were not afraid of the Holy Spirit. And I kind of grew up with God, Jesus, and the Holy Bible. Mm. And the Holy Spirit was out there, but it was, <laughs> it, was just, it wasn't a person to me. He was just like, you know, like a convenience, you know? And um, so anyway. Yeah, it was, it was, that's, that's a long story to, to share my story, but I think had that mm -hmm. not happened to me, had I not encountered those women who were free, who knew Holy Spirit, who were intimate, who were daughters, who walked yeah. in grace, who knew they were loved and knew they were forgiven, I would never be married to this man. I can 1000% tell you that because if you, he would have never married a woman with the secret. He would have seen right through it. And so, Rod, you come onto the into the situation. Then you start to get to know Rachel, and you uh, see heard her story. You've probably talked with other people about her story and uh, gotten to know it. And how did you process this whole thing, uh, entering into the relationship with just this history? Yeah, you know, it was definitely when I watched it, I was like, "Wow, you know, that is a lot. I mean, a lot for somebody to go through." um a lot you know just to even you know consider i think uh going out you know going on a date you know with her having all that because i obviously i'm not, i don't want to do anything flippantly you know um and uh so i had to just really think through that and and pray through that but i just uh i think it was um i think it was my sister years ago who was just like you know rob don't don't think about you know don't think about hey do you want to marry the person just think about did you enjoy them and like to see them again and so even just yeah. watching her and talking you know and just the, just a little bit of interaction i just felt led to you know to to connect and just see yeah. you know just to let's just go for a walk 
you know, didn't know it was going to be a seven hour walk, but uh, <laughs> I, I walk. and uh, I just, I found myself open. I think I uh, had been open uh, for years on, Hey, is it somebody who's never been married or have they been married? But it was like really early in life. I kind of just had this feeling of like, I could love kids that weren't mine, just like they were mine. You know, yeah. I don't know why that was in me, but, um, but I, that has always been in me. Um, for yeah. some now, so when you entered into the relationship, Rod, um, was, did Rachel already go through a lot of this grief and process herself? And you're, you're entering into this sort of more of a healed version of Rachel, or did you have to process it with her? I would say that this is a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me before. I would say she was like 60 to 70% having grief. So she'd been really doing a lot of work. I think there was still some, you know, that happened uh, in our marriage for sure. But um, I think there was quite a bit of that that had happened. And, you know, we still see it obviously in our, our marriage. Is, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, in special days where, you know, she shares about them, whether it be on Instagram or whatever. And yeah. so, uh, or even we just watching the movie last night, you know, um, yeah. we, uh, I just, you know, it's a lifelong deal, right? We're going to grieve yeah. those that we loved. And I've had friends who were like, gosh, dude, did you see what she wrote? You mean, are you okay with that? You know, yeah. I mean, I wish she would end it like, and I love Rod so much. And he's a great <laughs> husband. <laughs> I was like, guys, like I want, I want to know that I married a woman that loved well, like if she yeah. didn't like write about them or didn't have that, that means she really yeah. did. Did she really care? Like, yeah. I'd much rather, you know, her write that, you know, that cause she cared, you know, she really had a love for that person and was shared that then she was married to somebody she really didn't care about, you know, and they're yeah. forgotten. I don't want it. I don't want either one of them to be forgotten, but especially obviously the kid's father, you know, yeah. but I don't want Todd or Blair to be forgotten. I mean, they're both amazing men. And so um, anything that can bring about remembrance of them, I'm all for. Yeah. Um, I suggested a couple of years ago that we just get together with some of his friends and just, you know, talk about with the kids. And, you know, so we got together with two of his best friends, Blair's best friends, and just had a night where, where the, um, you know, they all shared. It was just, it was great. You know, mm -hmm. I would yeah. love to do that more often. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Yeah. 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 Sweet. So it That's takes a so special far. man, you know, as you know, yes. I mean, and, and, and I will say Rod was on his own journey. His dad had died 20 years ago and he'd experienced trauma, which was a big selling point for me. I was like, someone cannot be with me that honestly hasn't really walked through trauma. I just, like it would be next to near impossible to understand even my brain and the trauma brain and what goes on. And, you know, definitely God is healing that, but but Rod had done a lot of, you know, I mean, he works at, you know, the largest church in America. They're like the most healed staff ever. And they're learning like every day. And well, some of you, yeah. But <laughs> as with any staff. But he was like, you know, Mr. Learner. And, and that was a big thing for us. We both wanted to marry learners and people who were like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I got this. I mean, we're I go to inner healing every three months. Like it's just it's just a part of our rhythm. It's a part of our life. Life and yeah, I, I had a good friend tell me probably, gosh, I don't even know when this was. It was at least 15 years ago. You know, I was asking what I should look for in a wife. And he immediately, just like that, said, you want to find a woman who has not arrived yet or doesn't believe she has arrived. Yeah. If she believes she has arrived and there's nothing for her to learn and nothing for her to grow to. 
And so he goes, that's super dangerous. So I just remember through my life, you know, if I encountered a woman like that, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't need to go on a second date. I don't care how yeah. cool and charming and how wonderful and whatever you are. If, you know, if you're not uh, growing and learning, if you feel like you have all the answers, you know, uh, it's not yeah. that much. So. Well, that's it feels like that listening to you it feels like uh, you've reached a maturity level, not in the sense that of knowing everything, but a maturity level of being lifelong learners, of yeah. being humble enough to know that you don't know, and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and being able then to really just be open to each other and to the process and the transformation and the growth that God's prepared for both of you as you come with your different process, your different um, challenges. Mm -hmm. I think that's also really encouraging for us and for um, all the other couples listening in. Um, if you can remain a learner, yeah. if you can see your part in the picture as not the whole part, but there's a, a bigger picture yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can serve your spouse and uh, be open to what God wants to show you and reveal to you through that relationship, through the process, the yeah. hurt, the pain, the suffering that the other person's uh, gone through and experienced. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. just phenomenal. And you and you two know, and others listening, they know if they have children, they'll remind you that you don't know everything every day. They know everything. Yes. You know, I've got a constant little two little reminders walking around all the yeah. time. Going, yeah. I don't know much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it is a it is always a motivator to learn, even in areas that aren't about you know relationships and marriage. But yeah, yeah we're both motivated to really you know learn and. And, uh, we're and, always sharing yeah. little articles with each other. She shares definitely more with me than I with her. Um, but uh, it's just we really, really do enjoy learning. Yeah. And I think you learn more. I mean, what have you really learned in seasons of comfort? I mean, I haven't learned a lot. You know what I mean? Yes. Like seasons so of good. pain are the greatest teachers. And so yeah. I think for us, we're just like, hey, bring it on. We know we are going to learn something good from this and we are going to yeah. drain it dry. That's it. Wow. That's actually what I tell the widows. I'm like, do not miss what this pain is going to do for you. Like, wow. I know it may suck so hard, but it is yeah. going to teach you more than anything else in your yeah. life. And I'm like, don't miss it. You will literally never walk the stay again. You will never walk this season as a widow again, because the reality is you're going to get remarried. Most of you, 95% yeah. yeah. of you are going to remarry and live a beautiful life. And I don't want them to miss it because I do miss that season of widowhood. I mean, my counselor told me, she was like telling you, you're going to miss the Holy Spirit when you marry Ron. And I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> and, I, and I will say, you know, our husbands do take on a role of, you know, for sure, Rod's taken on the role of comforter for me and, and teacher for me. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of roles that he's partnered with the Holy Spirit, but I just had the Holy Spirit, you know, so they're definitely, you know, she was right for sure. Wow. I mean, the dependency as a single mom with two kids who are, you know, under three is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I, I mean, I'm sure, at the beginning, when you uh, lost your husbands, there was uh, hurt, pain, devastation, suffering. And uh, listening to you now, just like Rebecca said, it's like a totally different story. Yeah. Walk us through how you went from that painful experience to, to you know, encountering God and, and experiencing uh, a transformation where you can look back and you can say, you know, I, I was glad that I went through it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's two things. It's, you know, the first time I encountered the Holy spirit was through a Bible study called living in freedom every day. It was actually at a church of the Highlands in Birmingham. And I, I, you know, I didn't know freedom, like I said, but I think the second thing was, so, you know, encountering the Holy spirit. And then the second thing was encountering the gospel of grace. And for me, I really believed in soul scraping. Like I was just a soul scraper. Like, let me, you know, confess everything I've done today. And I never felt like I could confess enough. And, oh my gosh, like I missed a few. And I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is not the way children live in father's house. Like our children do not come to us at night and go, dad. So I did, you know, this and this and this, you know, I always share this story. Davis got in the car probably two years ago, our son. And he was like, gosh, mom, he was like, they're, they were being funny at lunch today. This friend of mine was being so funny. And I was so jealous because he was funnier than I was. I was like, oh, buddy. I was like, I get that. And, and that is confession. That is like, oh man, that's not who you are. You're not a jealous person. And it's that, it's that constantly saying the same thing as that's what confession means. It doesn't mean scrape your soul every night, but I mean, when you're living thinking that you haven't done enough to like get it right. And that was me. I lived under this blanket of, I haven't done enough every day to get it right enough to be good enough to be to be Jesus's friend. I mean, honestly, like I was just like, I was just worn smack out. And so when I encountered the gospel of grace, honestly, I was so furious because it meant that what I had believed was not the gospel. And you grow up religious and you grow up with denominational, like, you know, strongholds of like, we're righter than all the other right people who think they're right. You know, golly, y'all. I mean, it takes some serious undoing. I'm always like so jealous of people who don't know God till they're like 22 and like get the real gospel. I'm like, oh, you didn't have to undo anything. It's so much easier. And um, so I just, I think for me, once I put on my righteousness, you know, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. And I'm like, well, who are the righteous? I mean, none of us are righteous. Because if you put a hundred people in a room and said, who's righteous in here? probably only one of them would raise their hand as I am righteous because they think righteousness is not a, they think it's, it's a, it's an act. It's not a position. And once I learned position, once I learned forgiveness, once I learned that there was literally nothing else I could do to be loved by God. And Rod was under Andy's teaching. Rod, Andy had a revelation of grace well before, you know, right about probably the same time Joseph Prince did and and a bunch of the charismatic world. But Andy was preaching grace to Rod for years. He'd had that, you know. And so here I was like way behind the times. I didn't even know Andy's name. I lived two states away and I didn't even know who Andy Stanley was. And so, you know, I'm just, I was just behind. I mean, when you grow up in a small town, you don't get counseling and you Certainly, you, you, you are just hearing the gold standard in that town, honestly. And so I think for me, it was, it was the combination of those two things. It was a power that cannot be stopped. When you match the grace of God with the power of the Holy Spirit, it says, don't go until you're clothed in power. And I had gone my whole life without being clothed in power. Yeah. And Rod, I mean, Rod can, has the same story. He just got it way before me. <laughs> So how long are you both married now? Uh, nine years and a few weeks. Nine years. Yes. I mean, when you you kind of knew each other's story, for some people it scares it off. Like you say, oh, 
that's going to be work in the future. And for some people, it means like, okay, we're going to go be healthy in, in the now. Looking yeah. back now, those years being married, would you say the past challenges helped you overcoming the challenges you faced in the marriage or sometimes it even collided because of the past and maybe some things you haven't worked through? Good question. Um, let me think, I'm trying to sort that out in my head um, with clarity. Um, I'll just start talking and see if it answers your question. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I think that, you know, that our, you mean like past struggles of our life before knowing each other yeah. helped us in marriage now? Is that yeah. right? And so, yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, having dealt with hard things uh, before marriage, whether it be, you know, death of a close one for me, death of two uh, husbands for her, um, us both coming from a more of a legalistic faith to more of a, you know, a freedom um, and grace and uh, really knowing God and, and that, uh, that, you know, when we did get, when we were married, you know, we got married, I think a lot of those things aren't the, the bigger things in life maybe aren't as big for us. You know, yeah. we had a really bad thing happen a few years ago and we both dealt with it really well. Cause I think we both had been through death and, and <laughs> other stuff and, and we're just like, you know, God's bigger than this. Yeah. We don't need to worry about this. Most of the world, if we shared with them what we just lost, would be, you know, devastated in a cocoon for a long time. And um, I think we both just, you know, uh, really supported each other through it, loved each other through it, and just really believe that, um, hey, greater things will be, yeah. you know, from that. And really, really, even since then, like, just like any really cool blessing. I mean, all of life is a blessing for those mm -hmm. extra special things. We've just counted it. Oh, thank you, God. You know, that's just one yeah. of those things from that, you know, past thing. And if we just added all those up and we, it would be amazing what God has done in that short period of time. Um, but I think okay. those have been really helpful. I think counseling, you know, going through some really counseling for each of us uh, and then counseling again in marriage, you know, yeah. we spent the first, um, uh, probably six month, uh, mark to probably two and a half year mark doing a lot of counseling together as I struggled with some anxiety and depression that, um, I probably had, uh, over the years many times, but I just, I didn't know what it was and I was single and I could just kind of move and, you know, move through it or whatever, had no idea, you know, what it was. I mean, honestly, I thought a few times it was like the Holy spirit, um, in me going, Hey, get out of this situation. Don't date this woman anymore or get out of this work situation. And, and I would, and then the anxiety would leave and then, you know, eventually, and then I would be okay. And so I just didn't really know what I yeah. was experiencing, but I think, you know, that, um, as hard as those first two years were, I think it's made our last, um, seven years, gosh, that's crazy. About <laughs> six and a half, seven years, you know, so much better. And on the page, on the same page, so much more often. I mean, we still can get sideways, but I think we get sideways a lot, lot less often. Yeah. You know, you know, having gone through everything I went through. Well, and Rod has married like how many hundred couples, Probably. and and he has yeah. you know all of his friends are married, so he's had a lot of years of observation. And I think even in that, you observed a lot of divorcees who blended families and 
one of the things uh, that we did is we went to a blended family retreat with Ron Deal. And I, I will say for anyone listening who is blending a family, that is the best resource. Ron's, you know, and then there's Blending Kingdom Families is a Instagram handle that you can follow. I love their stuff too. But we went to that and then Rod knew friends who just walked right into a marriage and tried to be the disciplinarian without trust and without relational equity. And Rod, relational equity is it's such a huge word for me and, and for us because those kids had to trust him. They may have called him dad, but you don't earn trust overnight. Like as yeah. much as you wish it were like that. And I'll never forget Ron saying, well, this is a crock pot. It'll take five to seven years to blend a family. And I literally cried all night because I was like, no, no, that's not our story. My husbands are dead. There's no ex-wife. Like it will be so much easier for us. And, and honestly, y'all, I mean, five to seven years, it's pretty accurate, pretty five, <laughs> I would say, you know, I mean, and the kids, I mean, they love, it's so funny, my in-laws and my parents and probably my kids always joke. And I'm like, I think they love Rod more than me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been with you a long time. But, um, but he's like Yoda. I mean, he is the Yoda of our family. He's the wise, you know, wise owl, not because of his age, but because he's this wise and he has the gift of wisdom and he has, and he also has the gift of words of knowledge. So he knows things about the kids before they even, you know, ask, or it's just sweet. It's so special how his gifting, my gifting, you know, kind of match up and line up. And that's one thing I will say, even when we were dating, we both wanted someone who would partner with us in ministry. This wasn't like a Rachel thing and Rod's going to be in ministry. It was like, oh, no, no, no. Like we're going to be, we're doing this because we know we're going to be better together. I mean, I hate to say it was kind of an arranged marriage, but it was arranged for the kingdom. I mean, it was, it truly was. Yeah. I'd had the word in my head for years and years, partner, partner. And, you know, as you know, coming together and it just being something very different than I saw in a lot of marriages or that I experienced it in dating. And uh, really quickly, early on, I just felt that with Rachel, even her coming to South Africa when I was down there, um, uh, she just jumped in like and started helping and the leaders and encouraging them and all that. And so I just immediately saw this, you know, partner situation, even, even before that, but I just kept seeing it. And I was like, that's what I always wanted, you know, I was wanted, yeah. you know, a partner. I, I think some people want different things when they're going in, you know, when they're getting married. Uh, I don't know what the one word they would say, but for me, it was like, man, I really want a partner to do life with, you yeah. know, I won't, you know, she's going to be stronger at times, you know, and I'll be weak and vice versa. And, you know, yeah. one of us will be down, we'll be up. Hopefully we'll be on the same page most of the time, but <laughs> I want a partner just going to help be there for me and help you know, walk through life together we yeah. can trust each other and make decisions yeah. together, you know? Yeah. Rod's my biggest cheerleader and I'm his, I mean, really and truly, I think if you don't, if you're both in ministry, you can burn out really fast. If you don't look up and go, Oh, there's somebody beside me doing really cool stuff too. Yeah. And, um, and Rod, and I will say probably in the last four years, be still has accelerated and Rod has, you know, accelerated his, care and being there and helping and you know which is cool you know it's like I haven't even really had to ask it's just wow she needs she needs a little more from me you know in these seasons and he, he's needed a little more from me too which is cool so that's good that's awesome so when you talk about when you well, time is running out but let's I know. Uh, as, you're, as you're moving forward and you're thinking about partnership 
and uh, wanting to live that partnership, you're thinking not necessarily just the same ministry. Uh, you're both in different ministries. How does that partnership look like? How what's the sort of like your wish for the next chapter uh, of your relationship of your family? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, um, you guys ask great questions. Yeah, I'm always you like, do. Every time I'm like, oh, that's a great question. I need to stop saying that. But anyway, it's a great question. You know, I think um, uh, one for sure is I just want to keep seeing her needs. You know, I think God has given me ability to see that, you know, through her ministry and through her life. And, you know, it's just something I always want to see because mm -hmm. I want to I want to be there for that. And um, uh, and I uh, and so far he's made it's made it really clear over the years for me. And I, that's my prayer. They just keep making it clear, you know, how I can support and serve her. Um, you know, with the kids, it's um, our dreams are really, we want to, we obviously want to have great relationship when they're adults. So we think about that a lot and we're, you know, trying to parent in the, you know, we we're in the cop stage when they were earlier, we're in the coach set in a stage right now. And I love, love this stage. I love coaching. I love sitting down with them, you know, no, doesn't matter how bad something was or how good and just kind of coaching through that. And, you know, we want to be great consultants when they graduate high school, we want to grow, you know, go into consultant mode and we're not, we don't butt in unless they ask, you know, and so we're really trying to prepare for that. Uh, doing a lot of special trips with them right now as they're 16 and 14 and they're so fun to travel with so easy to travel with so yeah. we pick uh spring break and thanksgiving and we do something special you know mm -hmm. we um and uh, try to create a lot of great memories with them around that because they love that that's kind of part of their love language but yeah i just want to you know figure out how can, we can you know continue to serve each other more in these next years i'm probably getting towards the end maybe of what i'm doing in the next four or five although i love it absolutely 150 percent but it's like you know preparing for whatever is next for that rest of my life which yeah. you know hopefully will be some coaching and uh personally and, and coaching organizations and you know whatever else yeah. but mostly i want to be helping her because i feel yeah. like she's going to be hitting you know hitting those hitting a lot more in the next 10 to 12 years and if I can shrink a little bit in my work and, you know, come alongside her more, that would yeah. be amazing. And, well, and I think the biggest thing is we tell each other's story well and we tell our story well. And I want to tell Rod's story really well. And that is that means, you know, when Rod gets lifted up or engages with cool people, so do I. And, and, and when I engage with cool people, we just had this happen last week. We were meeting with this super wealthy businessman and he's like, Hey, I've got this amazing space that I'd love for y'all to use for ministry. Anytime the Lord's just told me to save it for ministry. And Rod's like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I was meeting with him for be still. And I just didn't want to be alone with a man. So I invited Rod <laughs> And, you know, because we don't do anything alone with uh, opposite sex or whatever. And so and then it was just like this beautiful, like, hey, Rod, anytime your team needs it, anytime Rachel. Need, and I thought this is it that, to me. That's like the perfect picture of what the future looks like. It's like what Rod gets, I get and what I get, Rod gets. And he he doesn't want to work for me one day. I'm certain of that. But I'd love, <laughs> to work for I'd love for him Come to on. run the whole thing and me just tell the story and him do all the hard stuff because he loves to have hard conversations and I hate it. So I'm like, oh gosh. But yeah, it's fun. The, the future is, you know, the kingdom is bright, y'all. Yes. I mean, the world is planning for a war and we're all planning for a wedding. That Ryan said that and I'm like, Ooh. 
that is us. We are planning for a wedding and I plan weddings. Like we've got a Pentecost baptism on Saturday night. We're baptizing eight people in our backyard. And I'm like, this is living. This is living. You know, I mean, I'm not running a church, but I don't think God said you can't baptize people outside (laughs) the church. So I'm just like, you know, I mean, there are people desperate for good news and, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and we bring good news together better. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel and Rod, for just spending this uh, time with us and sharing from those difficult experiences, sharing sharing from your heart and all that's, uh, you know, been going on. It's been absolutely awesome. At the end of our, our podcast, we share our sort of main takeaways. Rebecca, what was yours? What I love so much with the different past, with overcoming well, it's not really overcoming. It's part of your story, like you said. But your story, we always say your mess becomes a message. It's <laughs> like this this hope in that, like even anxiety, even um, challenges, what you're struggling in your mind, but also physically what you experience of suddenly your husband's, your loved ones are gone. Yeah. It doesn't mean it comes to an end. So even for us, for other couples listening in, just the whole hope of if we plan for this wedding, like you said, in the end, it's not planning for the worst. It's actually planning for the best that is yet to yeah. come. And then everything is possible. It doesn't mean I don't have to face the challenges. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm not going to have the tough conversation. It doesn't mean I'm not going to reach out for help. But I'm reaching out because there's so much more behind yeah. it. Love oh, yeah. And for me, it's like the takeaway is like three words come to mind. I'm like observe, reflect and apply. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. You go through a difficult situation, you go through a Kairos moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You observe that moment, you have Mm -hmm. to take it in, you have to absorb it. Mm -hmm. Um, But you haven't learned from it if you've just observed it. Mm -hmm. And then you go through that moment and then comes the reflection time and they're so reflected, (laughs) you know? They've reflected all of their experiences. They reflected it so much and communicated, talked about it so much with each other and with everybody around the world that they're, it's easy for them to talk about it and continue to talk about yeah. it. So they're communicating, they're reflecting, they're talking, they're communicating about it. But then they've gone to the third step, of course. Come on now. They've applied yeah. it. Yes. They have applied it. They've, the rubber has hit the road. And that's, that's the authenticity behind it, right? That may, that's like, oh my goodness. Yes, I really believe it. Not just because you went through it as an experience, but you've you've applied your learning, your knowledge to it, and, and that encourages me. It's like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So good. So thank you so much for yeah. that. You're welcome. It's an honor. Honor. Yes, pleasure. Great Love being team. with y'all. So it. cool. Is there part two and part three coming? <laughs> part, say that again. There part two and a part three coming. Oh, oh, let's do it. We would love that. <laughs> let's do it. If people want to get connected with you, like want to reach out for whatever, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah. So just connect with me for Rod because he doesn't look at Instagram. <laughs> Rod, Rachel Faulkner Brown on Instagram and then at Be Still Ministries. And if you know a widow, direct them to at Never Alone Widows all on Instagram and you know, that's probably the easiest way. We're constantly in there. And then bestillministries.net is our website. So that's awesome. Yeah. Rod, would you take a moment to just pray for all the couples and listening in? Sure. You got it. And Father, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for um, husbands. Thank you for wives. Thank you that you meant for us to not do this thing alone. I mean, I just, 
love it in the very early part of the Bible. You said, you know, that um, you didn't mean for the man to be alone, so you created woman. And uh, uh, I just thank you for that uh, because you knew right in the beginning, you the three Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been a relationship, and you knew, gosh, need those. Uh, humans to have a relationship there as well as with the father the son and holy spirit so thank you that you created that thank you for marriage um i just pray that for every couple out there father they would trust you more i know it's really hard at times to do that um maybe through some pain maybe through some suffering to uh, trust their spouse more, maybe with something that's been, they've been dealing with inside. Uh, maybe it is a secret, maybe just something they've just been reluctant to share. Maybe there's a little yeah. shame or a little guilt. Pray they trust you and trust their spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that they would look for ways to uh, support each other and encourage each other. Um, this life has got so many things that are thrown at us that um, can get us down. Uh, and it's so fast at times. So I just pray that it would slow down for all of them and they would just look for ways to encourage and support each other, um, Father. So I just thank you, um, Jesus, for dying for us and living for us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for living inside of us. And God, thank you for such a great plan that the three of you made for us to have life, have it abundantly, and that marriage was a beautiful part of it. So thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.